it's my second favorite episode of the year because this year we're doing our annual how do you like that movie podcast awards and that's all i got for an intro uh and that's those awards are best of 2022 for all of those that are wondering like what random fucking awards we're throwing at you thanks scott thanks for being a professional after three years so that's uh that's good that's good well after three years i'd figure you know this is our annual how'd you like our movie awards so they should already know the fucking format Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? As Scott alluded to and I corrected him on, uh, we are doing our best of 2022 awards. We are going to be doing best picture, best male and female actor, best director, and then each one of us is going to come with a random wild card that neither one of us knows about. Uh, so let's, uh, let's just get right into the good stuff. Uh, Scott, yeah, why don't you take us away, man? Yeah, um... As a, I guess it would be a disclaimer, uh, there's a shit ton of movies this year that I haven't watched, so this is going to be a fun fucking list. Specifically, uh, I do want to point out, uh, unless something changed since the last time I talked to you, Scott, you did not see Avatar uh, The Way of Water, correct? No, I haven't, but in reality, it would not be on my list. Oh, okay. So Even I, if I did. <laughs> I, I also, I do want to put that asterisk, it, it is a big film. It is a big film, um, and it's definitely one I'm going to watch um, at th- over three and a half hours. Uh, I we, we had a snowstorm here in Ontario, Canada, uh, which precluded me from having some days to watch some of those longer films. And I chose to watch Babylon. I made my choice. I'm going to be happy with uh, sticking to that choice. So uh, Avatar is not going to be reviewed because neither of us fucking saw it. So, all right, Scott, no. uh, why, don't, uh, why don't you go first or however you want to go? I don't know. Do you want to just do like rock, paper, scissors onto the screen and whoever wins goes first? Uh, sure. Are we doing like, like we're doing it once or best of three <laughs> the times? Fact that, this is a fucking audio podcast. <laughs> like, the fact that you agreed to that. Uh, yeah, sure. You go. Uh, you just go. go. You go. I'm going to go with the hardest category I had this year. And that was best actor. Oh, like ma- uh, ma- male actor? Male, male actor. Yeah. Right, cool, um, cool. From the films that I did watch this year, there wasn't, it was the hardest one that I was like to fill people in. So this is what I got so far. So I got Daniel Craig for Glass Onion. Sam Rockwell for See How They Run. Adam Sandler for Hustle. And then Colin Farrell for the fucking banshees of Irishin. Uh, I don't know. We're not going to try and do drum roll, drum roll cuz it fucking fucks up our producer's fucking audio. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, we always did drum roll before. I'm going to go with Colin Farrell. I think he's going to take it cuz I really did enjoy that movie and I enjoyed his like his performance a lot. Like it was fucking funny. Congratulations, Colin. Uh, I'm pretty sure you have an Academy Award nomination. Uh, but now, but this is now Scotty's you have fucking... you're, like you should probably just fucking retire. It's as good as it gets. You're done. Congratulations on a great career. Um, 
Listen, man, The Banshees of Inishirin is uh, a fan- fantastic film. Uh, and Colin Farrell is the kind of like sad sap. That And listen, if you have not seen this film, do watch it. It'll it'll cut your heart out, though. It is so fucking sad. It's sad in the only the way the Irish can be sad. Even when they're happy, they are somehow sad and a bit depressing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like the 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 and the conflict between him and uh, what's the uh, the supporting actor's name? Oh, Brandon Gleason. Yeah, is so intense. And Colin Farrell's inability to just understand the gravity of the situation that he finds himself in. Uh, Yeah. And like I said, Martin, Martin McDowell did a, did an amazing job with this film. It looks beautiful shot in Ireland. It's a, it's a bit of a period piece. Uh, It's like 1921. Uh, Highly recommend seeing this, this film. I do agree. But I think in terms of, well, once we get to our, my first favorite episode which is when we do our oscar predictions once they're nominated i think barry i i believe you you pronounce his last name keegan okay the one who played dominic oh yeah 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 i think he will get the best supporting not brandon gleason really i mean he did the actually even the sister like the the this thing was so well cast so perfect (laughs) and and martin mcdougall martin mcdoug is he's an Irish playwright and screenwriter, right? So it's not like some American wrote that and that's all just like their interpretation of like being Irish. Like he lives there. He's, he's basically writing for his people and it, it felt so authentic. Yeah, I'd like their first collaboration in Bruges. I think that's what it's called. Bru- in Bruges? In Bruges. Uh, that's yeah. the one shot in Belgium. Yeah. Yeah, that one was fucking good too. Um, it's a good I, team. I also love the donkey. Uh I I, uh, I think it, it played an amazing role. Uh, I think it should be nominated for uh, best supporting donkey. Actually, it is lead donkey. It is lead donkey, or possibly small pony. So, okay, you call yours. <laughs> uh, so uh, I have three major players uh, competing for my best actor. Uh, Austin Butler, obviously Elvis. I, I don't, I don't know how you did not put him in in the list. Like the guy, transformative fucking performance. Uh, I, uh, I told you when we did Elvis that he's best supporting. Get the fuck. Okay, well, hold on a sec. So, uh, actually, I sorry, I misspoke. I actually my two because I found that there was really only out of all the performances I watched this year, it was Austin Butler or Colin Farrell. Like they, those two were the two head to head and i actually gave it to austin butler because of his just transformative performance and if you're going to say that fucking tom hanks is the lead in elvis because he's the narrator the movie's literally called fucking elvis it literally you can look at screen time so like who the fuck is the lead in elvis if it's not austin butler the donkey from the banshee of inishirin like what the fuck scott (laughs) Come on. Listen, when we did Elvis, go back, listen. Listen to our episode. I I put what, what was the play in which they pull a Once Upon a Time in America where technically Brad... Hollywood. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Where yeah, technically... there was a Sergio Leone picture about like 1920s gangsters. Yeah, yeah. That, they probably did the same thing on that one too. But... Where Brad Pitt's the lead, but they put him in best supporting 
just so he can fucking win it. And I think that's it, what they're gonna do. You don't think fucking again? You don't. First off, so Brad Pitt is a supporting fucking character in Once Upon because it's essentially an ensemble cast, right? And it is about. But you follow uh, him Dalton. way more than no. You follow him way more than Rick Dalton. <sighs> yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, I I don't know if there is a true. Does lead. Rick Dalton fucking fight Bruce Lee? No, R- Rick Dalton doesn't fucking fight Bruce Lee. So listen, actually, so you may be right that that they did that in order to uh, kind of help him get his Oscar win. I think it's more because like, of the ensemble cast uh, aspect of Once Upon, but. You can't just put Austin Butler in the supporting role. You can't like no one's gonna go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a hundred percent a supporting fucking character are, are in the movie saying, about him. Are you saying no one puts Butler in the corner? <laughs> He's in there with baby. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm giving it to Austin Butler. It was tough. Um, I loved, like I said, I loved Colin Farrell's uh, performance. It's just Austin Butler becomes Elvis. I re- I purposely even had to like sit down and rewatch Elvis. Uh, I also wanted to see if it would translate to the small screen. And I was like, fuck this guy, like the moves, the, you know, the fact that he does some of the singing, like when you become literally become like a real other person, probably one of the most famous, if not the most famous pop star in the history of that's definitely North American music. I'm sorry, man, Austin, you got my vote, baby. Yeah, it is impressive too. Especially after the movie came out that you found out, that in terms of when they were recording the Elvis like concert performances, he literally did the whole concert every time. Yeah. Like he learned. Like it is impressive. Yeah, like he still... not only did he play Elvis, but he had to recreate uh, uh concerts that they had footage from. So he had to move around the stage. He had to do all that stuff in exactly the same manner as Elvis did in the seventies or whenever whatever period it was, right? So uh okay so uh i'm are are we good do you want to move on yeah yeah no go go ahead so i'm going to jump to my wild card spot actually no i'm gonna do because i i need to do this in a specific order so i'm going to do my best female actor just because and you'll understand why so my nominees for this are kate blanchette for tar taylor russell bones and all Danielle Deadweiler for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and Mia Goth for X. And I'm giving mine, and this was this was tough, definitely. So I'm giving it to Taylor Russell uh, for Bones and All. She did a, uh, I'm just a, did you see Bones and All? First off, did you see Bones and All? No, I never got to. That fucking movie uh, blew my mind. Like, it is a fucked up movie uh, by uh, Luca Gardino. Who did um uh was it call, call me, me by, by your name? Yeah, call me by my name, where he worked with uh, my favorite actor Charlemagne or whatever the fuck his actual name is. Uh, and yet again, he plays exactly even in a even in a film, an artistic film about cannibals, he still plays the same fucking boring ass fucking character. You know what I mean? So wasn't super impressed. Like I mean, he's fine. He's he you know he he did fine in that role, um, but Taylor. Is what Zen is the type of actor that Zendaya? I thought Zendaya was gonna be, and now I've seen Zendaya kind of just become kind of like a bit of a pop sensation. I'm not really loving the choices that Zendaya has been making um, 
for her film work. I thought she did great in the first season of Euphoria. Then the second season was just like super gratuitous. Uh, yeah, she's doing Dune. And she's actually becoming kind of like, is it, how do you say his name? Timothy Chalamet? Is that how you say his last name? I don't name? know. Okay, anyway. You're the president of his fan club, man. <laughs> you should fucking know. <laughs> um, she's become like a very kind of two-dimensional actor. And also because she's doing so much like commercial work, like as in commercials, you see her all the time and I'm fucking tired of her. Um, so the really hard choice was between Kate Blanchett's role in Tar as like the this powerful lesbian director. And up until I saw Bones and All, she was, she was who I, I was going to give it to. And then I watched bones and all. And I was so impressed with like this young actor's ability to both be like a vicious cannibal and also like super emotional, like the amount of range that she has at a young age. And I'll be honest, one of the things that tipped the scale, she's from Vancouver, British Columbia. So sorry, Kate, I know you're part of the Commonwealth, but I gotta, I gotta give it to our, our home girl, Taylor Russell for bones and all. And if you have not seen bones and all, uh, so also, uh, Luca Dargardino, the director, he also did the remake of Suspiria, which is fantastic as well. You, sh you should watch both Suspirias back to back. Um, but Bones and All is like this super beautifully shot art picture that is so graphic with its cannibalism that it borders on almost like body horror. There, there's a scene in it where Taylor's character reaches into a this dude's body and like pulls out his organs through a hole and you see all this when they when they eat the bodies they eat them like alive or recently dead and you see them like chew it's like night of the living dead but it with realism and then this beautiful cinematography and it's like a road so it's not like um so they didn't kind of glamorize it like in Hannibal where you know he like cooked it up with some fava beans he nope. had a nice Chianti. no man it's more the way like the way a wolf would eat you like just like bite into you and rip you apart but it's also like the cannibalism is just the setup for why these people are on the road you know they can't live in normal society they've you know her character basically like almost eats one of her classmates and her dad's like you gotta get the fuck out of here the cops are gonna come and so she goes like kind of on a, like a road, it's a, like a road story. And that's when she meets Charlemagne's character and they eat some people together. And it's like Romeo and Juliet meets cannibals. Like it's fucked, but it's so beautifully shot and so touching. But the, but the cannibalism is like Chris turns his head away graphic. Um, okay. Yeah. So yeah. So Taylor Russell, hundred percent. But again, Tar, Cape Blanchett is, was, was, it was such a tight race with uh Kate Blanchett for tar. Um, but yeah, I want to give it to our, our, our hometown hero. So. Okay. And now, so who are the other, like, I know it was a two person race, but who, who was the other people in your, uh, Daniel De Deadweiler for, or sorry, no, Daniel Deadweiler was not for everything everywhere at once. She was, for okay. Till. That's... She was for till. Sorry. It's, it's Michelle. Yeo was for everything everywhere at once. And okay, that's the, what... my problem with, um, Till is I wasn't actually able to like, I had to just watch like tons of trailers and stuff like that and get a sense. And I looked at all the award nominations. It's the only reason she ended up on the list. Cause I could not watch it without buying it at this stage. So anyway, okay. yeah, that's all. I just wanted to make sure. Cause um, you said like an actor in a movie, I'm like, 
Yeah, I read it off my spreadsheet, and I, what had happened is I had moved one column and not all the columns. So thanks for okay. Thanks for picking that up. All right. So for mine, for actress, I got Chris's favorite, Amber Midhunter for Prey. Are you fuck Jesus? <laughs> she, out, really, out of all the fucking films, wait, wait, I'm not go, done. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I got Dakota Johnson for Cha Cha Real Smooth. I got. I always pronounce her name wrong. Sorry. Oh, so, uh, was it, uh, is it Sosha Ronan? Sosha Ronan for See How They Run. I got Florence Pugh for The Wonder. And I got Michelle Yeoh for everything, everywhere, all at once. And my winner is Michelle Yeoh for everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, I think you're going to be on like you and the rest of the world are in that same category for the most part. That and Kate Blanchett, those are going to be the two head to heads. Um, I did not love. <laughs> I know every critic out there is like just jerking their cock off for this film. I watched it twice and I'm still like. It's interesting, but I did not enjoy everything everywhere. All. What, what was your take on it? I, I did like it. It's, you know, it's what Dr. Strange 2 should have been. Uh, but it also, I think, in terms of not only does the whole multiverse and all that stuff and everything that they did with that stuff was well done, but the fact that her going through all these lives and you see the subtle changes of each little universe. And that's what gets her technically to come to her journey where, you know, where she's able to overcome technically her own prejudice. Cause by living through that multiverse of lives, she got to kind of go on with the, antagonist journey was because i don't want to give it away if you haven't watched it and you know i I think it coming together in the nice bow kind of at the end it it was really well done and it was fucking funny and i enjoyed it like a lot and that for me it's you know can i sit down and fucking say like i like that movie i enjoyed it and you know nothing and 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 this revived basically Michelle. Is it it's is it Yo or Yo? No, she's been fucking. No, no, hold on. Potatoes. So she got injured because she's a, she was in uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Hidden Dragon. She's a like a stunt performer as well, and she got injured. And it was actually get ready to drink a conversation with Quentin Tarantino where he was like, "Hey man, you just gotta you gotta get back on the horse." So, but this brought her back into like the forefront. Like she was huge after. Um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and now she is like super fucking on fire again. But you can thank QT for that. Uh, I was gonna say you could thank uh, Star Trek Discovery because when she went on that show, and people got to see her once more and just fucking see her daily and fall in love with her again, I think that helped too. Okay, but you know, geek cred. <laughs> All right, so. Next, I'm going to do I'm going to do my wild card. And my wild card is my favorite fucking popcorn movie of the year. Nice. It's not the best picture, but it's one that I can just sit down and be like, fuck, yeah, eat some popcorn and enjoy it. So my nominees are The Adam Project. The Black Phone. Cha Cha Real Smooth. Prey. 
and Violent Night. And my winner. This was a toss-up between fucking Violent Night and The Atom Project. But I'm going to go with Violent Night. Because I went in with no fucking expectations. And now this will become a holiday fucking film for the Vega household. How how good is it? I haven't seen it. It's Is, is it like an exploitation film? No. Think of literally Santa Claus as John McClane. And there's literally a kid who acts as Kevin McAllister who sets up the fucking home alone traps, but you actually see the real life outcomes of what these home alone traps would fucking do in real life. That sounds like, very it's just, yeah, it's just literally like enjoyment. One Oh one. Isn't that and like sort of, isn't the, that the sort plot of... is shit. The acting isn't the best, but it's fucking funny as hell. There's literally like now Santa Claus is a fucking Viking with a hammer to just bash people's heads in. It's it's just one concept written after another concept, bunch them all together, and you have fucking Christmas glee. That's almost like it's not a hundred percent similar, but kind of similar to remember the beginning of Scrooged, the like fake TV movie that they have where like it's like James Bond comes to rescue Santa or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it, so, I mean, yeah, I've heard lots of good things like as it it's just being like an enjoyable sleigh ride through fun and violence. Yeah, it's just I, I like original IPs, but it also has it has a nostalgia factor, but you don't realize it till it happens and you're like, holy fuck. And they're even referencing like kind of like the movies that is going on, right? Like so to me, I enjoyed it. My kid enjoyed it when we went to go watch it. But how it was is super fun. how the fuck is Cha Cha Real Smooth in two of your categories? It was the dog shit fucking movie from a dog shit fucking director who had like one fucking little hit with some bullshit college shit, and they keep giving this fucking clown work, and it's somehow in two of your categories of best picture. I have a list of films that were like better than that that didn't even make my top of my list, and you've got this shit movie. In two of your categories. Come on, man. Come on. You well, owe our fucking listeners more. Yeah, like, instead of your fucking... I can't wait for your black and white Russian noir that you're <laughs> going to come out with. Like, I'm real, man. Like, I don't need to watch every fucking indie movie. It's... Some movies... It, it, like I said, like, for me, it was about enjoyment. Did I enjoy it? And I did. Right? And I thought, like, in terms of her performance like you you notice that the main actor guy didn't make it on my list because i thought his performance but it was on was your shit. list of best popcorn movies yeah not best fit it's not a best picture it's a best popcorn movie you you're just you just uh associate yourself with the with the lead protagonist because he had a bat mitzvah and before your confirmation or after your confirmation you realize i can be a confirmation dj or party host or whatever <laughs> you're like the cat you want to do the catholic version of this I think character it's more the opposite I, I i see a hint of jealousy in your tone <laughs> you're like how the fuck is this guy getting apple money when i can't even get fucking ava back money <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i gotta pay my money and he's getting apple money green movies on the fur anyway <laughs> Uh, so you know what I'll do uh, I'll do my uh, wild card which is actually similar to yours in the sense of I did 
movies you should watch and you maybe haven't like movies you should see and maybe you haven't. Um, and this is why I want to do my best female actor first, because originally bones and all was in that list, in that category. Uh, but I was able to talk about it. Obviously, I think you should watch Bones and Elms to see Taylor Russell's performance. So the two kind of like standouts for me were Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, which is so fucking touching. Even though it's not the one that wins, you should watch this movie. It's a family movie. I'm surprised it's not on your list. It is the most family fucking movie we've seen this year. And I'm surprised you just and your kids and your wife didn't just like sit around and watch that mockumentary. But we'll I, get, want, I want, I want, I want, I want the Oscars to be like you, where they nominate the people and the nominees are Marcel. Not gonna win, but <laughs> <laughs> next, <laughs> also not gonna win. Thank, thank, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming out. Uh, enjoy your, uh, you know, free coupon on the way out. Uh, so the film I'm actually gonna give it to is he just nominated one, so it's a two horse race. Yeah, it's a two horse race for for oh. for this because the other ones, if they were good enough, they would have been in my best picture or whatever. And like I said, I had to pull uh, bones and all, so bones and all would have been in there, but I already talked about it. Uh, listen, man, I'm fifty percent of this fucking show is mine. I can do whatever I want. Um, so I am going to do the Indian Extravaganza by S S Rajamuli R R R. It's like three and a half hours of fucking mission impossible die hard actually not die hard. it's mission impossible goes bollywood with singing and dancing and fighting the british imperial invaders it's fucking insane like you probably cannot eat this thing all in one go but the action sequences are fucking off the fucking hook it's got horses and motorcycles doing all the stuff that tom cruise would do and then they go da 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 and then they dance around and have fucking five minute fucking singing it's fucking blow your fucking mind and hold on and it's on netflix so you can you don't have to fucking rent it just go watch this fucking thing watch it in six sections if you need to uh but watch it it's fucking insane man uh, it is on, no, I'll, I'll cross it off my list now, but it is on my best films list. Oh, wow. Because because to me, this was uh, Cecil B. DeMille mixed with a Michael Bay. You, you fucking like, read that quote somewhere. You did not just make that fucking quote up. No, the whole, no, because it wasn't like the first hour of that movie. And, and I did appreciate that it's technically written in sections. Like you get each fucking R. Yes. It's like. Which which is hours. basically a big long cold open, and then they're like, yeah. "Bam! We are brothers, and we are fighting." Do 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 do. No, it's like we can we can fucking dance better than the the English. Oh, that's right. That the, I forgot about the kid in play kick step fucking dance battle that's in there as well. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, the reason why because like. It, it's like an old school, like, like epic film. Yeah, yeah, like Ben Hur or something Commander, like that, right? Um, and then all of a sudden, it's like fast paced, like violence right in front of you that throws in fucking slow motion. Like I've never seen so much wood shatter and follow pieces <laughs> like everywhere. And then you're like, and massive leaps, like jumping off of stuff, and like almost like a Super Mario Brothers, like. Boop. <laughs> yeah that was like the um 
like the Michael Bay shit where, you know, physics doesn't really fucking exist in his his films, right? <laughs> like, and also, instead of just throwing a rope to a kid, you take a horse and a motorcycle, you do some sign language, and then you fucking jump both of those things, spin around, wrap yourself in a flat. I was like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> yeah, but it, it was enjoyable. Like, I enjoyed the film too. Uh, like I didn't, I didn't, I honestly didn't think you were going to watch it. I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I did not think you were going to watch it just based off the time that it would take. Oh, I, I, I had to watch it in sections. Uh, and the, and the violence too, like the intimate violence is like some, like when, uh, the young mother gets hit at the beginning, like I had to turn my head away. I was like, this is, this is fucking intense, man. <laughs> like they did not pull no. any punches uh, on that. So I, I work with a bunch of um, Sikh guys and I was like, Hey, what did you think? Then they were like, Oh man, in the theater, people are like yelling at the screen. And it's like this big event and people are going like mad in the theater and just like screaming and like laughing and singing and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Uh, it kind of reminds me of, in Quentin Tarantino's book, uh, Cinema Speculation, <laughs> he talks about going to 70s exploitation films with his with his mom's uh, boyfriend, who happened to be black. And he said that that was something that he noticed very different between like white audiences and black audiences in the 70s. White audiences, you know, they went, they watched the movie, they maybe clapped, that's it. Where black audiences would just like scream at the scream. And like, if the film was good, they'd be like, yeah, right on. And if it sucked, they would be like, cocksucker motherfucker and shit like that and yell it at the screen and it, the way that, that my coworker explained this experience i was like it kind of sounds very similar like getting right into the movie so maybe maybe we should get uh we can get like uh, our local cambridge audience to be more uh interactive with the theater so sure like <laughs> like literally like it's a fucking Netflix three and a half hour movie and you gotta fucking throw Quentin Tarantino when he was a child like <laughs> come on <laughs> anyways uh, yeah your turn uh, well I am going to I guess I gotta do best director because we try to save best picture um, <laughs> so for best director I've got Damien Chazelle for Babylon uh, Boz Lauerman for Elvis and I did have Martin McDoug uh, for the Banshees of Inishirin, and of course um, SS Rajamuli for RRR. I mean, like it's a fucking epic picture. Like, so I'm actually giving best direction to Baz Lauerman. I thought he the pacing of Elvis is perfect. Um, there's no scenes in there that like drag out and everything there is either there for exposition or like it has a requirement. Uh, and it's done in his grandiose, you know, Romeo and Juliet, Moulin Rouge, yada, 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 that fashion, which is extremely difficult. Like, I mean, that's the difference between like, so Martin McDoug, like he's got this beautiful picture and, and again, I, the storytelling aspect is perfect, but it's a very standard picture right you know you're telling a little story you're in a little village you know boz is dealing with this massive massive like choreograph uh, choreography and crazy sets and you know just in it's it's just the insanity of the picture itself 
makes me think like like or makes me realize just like how good a director he is. So yeah, I'm I'm giving my best director to Baz Lauerman. Okay. Uh he did not make my list. But of course uh, not. It's it's some fucking when Harry met Sally remake with fucking bullshit bullshit. So. No, no, I had to like he he was in see unlike you like i tried to keep it around five people right like trying to do it kind of like the oscars not just fuck we got to record in an hour i just need two fucking movies each one hold on before you hold on i got a question for you though i know you said that regardless uh avatar 2 probably wouldn't be on your list do you think that james cameron might have made your list as a director just because i mean no no, really. Even with like the the technological advancements that he brings to see, film. but that's the thing. I think I take the I think Avatar um, is going to win, even without watching the fucking movie. I think it's going to win every technical award this year. Okay, you think it'll get a best right? picture nod? I don't know. I don't think. I don't think. I think they're just going to do it for. The fucking technical shit. So you don't the even sound so, mixing. So, so he's not even going to get the director nod. I don't think so. I don't because they. If I'm not mistaken, he got it for the first one. Okay. Right. Yeah. And I don't think they're going to give it to him for the sequel, even though you know it's been a while since he's recorded something or filmed something. I think they'll just be like, okay, technically, this is just the continuation of the first one kind of like you know peter fucking jackson where they just fucking threw him in for return of the king because they're like okay his whole story is now fucking done so we'll just put it on the last one sure okay but as i was saying it was like because i tried to keep it to five so lorman was on there but then i had to knock him off for this guy who i'm super surprised you didn't throw on and his name is joseph kaniski for Top Gun Maverick? Yeah, no, no. It was it was yeah. it was on my short list and then it got shortlisted right off. So I also got Sebastian Leal Leal for The Wonder. Tom George for See How They Run. If you haven't watched See How They Run, fucking go watch it. Yeah, That's it's on my it's on my list uh to watch, that's for sure. I got Dan Dan Con sorry, Dan Con and Daniel Schritt for everything everywhere all at once. Hold on. Are you giving this to fucking Steven Spielberg, like just because you're a fucking hoe for his movies? I haven't, I haven't watched the Fable. Man. Okay, okay. I, I was like, I, I was waiting for the shoe to, to drop and be like, and I'm giving it to Spielberg because I fucking love Spielberg. And then I got Ty West for X slash Pearl. Oh, interesting. You're putting them together as one because they're kind of like one storyline. And fucking pretty much both filmed at the same fucking time. Interesting. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fact that he he literally did two separate genres with the same kind of universe, uh, I appreciated. So I kind of gave it to him there. And and my last guy was uh, another person I'm surprised wasn't on your fucking list, but it was Matt Reeves for The Batman. Really? Not even nothing? Fucking deadpan? I just threw that in just because I thought you were going to like freak out like the cha-cha real smooth. <laughs> but my winner for this one, um, and it's really going to hurt me to say it, but it is Joseph Kerniski for Top Gun Maverick. Bet for really for best direction. That's interesting. Yeah. Especially with the all the aerial scenes that they had to do here, right? Like, I think making like 
my thoughts on the first film have been said. Best film so ever made. I don't, yeah, uh, I don't need to say them again. But um, I think he did a real fucking job, not only in trying to uh, doing an homage to Tony Scott for how he he did it, but actually bringing his own and and using the technology that they had now in which you actually felt like you're way more like in those planes than just two guys in a green screen with a motion box like flight simulator like i think he did a really good job especially with some of those um takes he had to do were all one takes so to make sure everything was set up perfectly so he can get his one shot I think that gives him more. I think so. Really I so first off, a I think it's the cinematographer that you should be fucking filleting right now. Uh, and I have a feeling that Tom fucking Cruise had a lot to do with the way that fucking movie turned out. And I don't just mean because he's in it, but like this is what we're going to do. I, I do agree with you. He did a good job of filling Scott's shoes, if you can say that that happened. Uh, I mean, the acting's not great i still i still think the original top gun is a fucking better movie other than the cinematography like it's a much more enjoyable if it's going to be a popcorn film um but hey that's that's you're allowed to pick that i i mean i think you had some better directors on there uh yeah it's fine like again he, he didn't get he definitely didn't get on my short list even for best director uh it was on my short list for best picture so go ahead Say your short list for... Oh, wait. No, it's yours for... No, well, no. Now yeah. it's you. No, because I did best record. Oh, but... Okay, yeah. So now... It doesn't matter. Good. We got one fucking category. It's not like... Not yeah, like... yeah. I was going to say it's best <laughs> film, right? Yeah, man. Uh, so I got X, Flash Pearl, because same thing. Like, I really liked both. I got Hustle. I did have Top Gun Maverick. I had everything everywhere all at once and glass onion, which I really enjoyed Bef as well. Before you, before you say your answer, can you explain why you had it on your best director list? Top gun or top gun Maverick, but it didn't make your best picture list. It did. It was the third one I said, Oh, I thought you said not top gun Maverick. No, no. And top gun. Maverick. Oh, okay. 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 So do you want to like fucking like, <laughs> poke hope more like fucking stab me more in terms of my choices like <laughs> is this not a free fucking world where i can pick a director and not a movie <laughs> so scott this is how this works so we're gonna pick directors and stuff uh i'm gonna give you the list of what directors you can pick and uh then i'm also gonna tell you uh who can win does that sound great yeah. all right fantastic i'll see you later so this is the globe and globes eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> We, that and we only the only people that win are the the names that we already know yeah which is also exactly. sometimes like the academy awards especially in the international yeah. film category it's like oh i don't know those people oh i know that guy fuck mad magnuson we're gonna give that guy the fucking award <laughs> yeah for me uh in terms of best picture i'm gonna give it to everything everywhere all at once because i think having the high concept having the original ip original story and just fucking pure enjoyment and especially like in terms of what they did with the editing what they did with the sound mixing when they built this thing fucking together it, it, i think out of the films i watched it was the best um composition of every category that i think it deserves the everything everywhere all at once fucking best picture 
And again, I think that you and the Academy are going to be in line, at least when it comes to nominations. Like this, this film is doing very well. Gotham Awards, Independent Spirit Awards, uh, Critics' Choice Awards. Like it's getting lots of nods. I mean, I still think it's funny. They're doing the Golden Globes again. And anytime I see any Golden Globe nods, I'm like, yeah, those are bullshit awards. Nobody cares about those anymore because we know how fucking rigged the system is. Um, so it was, <clears throat> so for best picture, I've got Babylon, I've got Elvis, I've got Tar, and I've got everything everywhere all at once. And I went, and this, I got to explain this because this is going to be, people are not going to understand how I ended up here. Um, so I went with Babylon <laughs> as my best picture and it's getting killed by critics and the audience. Like it's under, I think it's 50% critics and like 40 something percent with the audience, whatever it is, it's low. Um, my best actor and best director went to Elvis, but my best picture didn't. And Elvis was actually my best picture up until when I went and saw Babylon yesterday. And I think that as a filmmaker, there are parts of Babylon that you chuckle. Like I was laughing at, like seeing the crazy first assistant director running around, like they're on fire. There was aspects of it that I enjoyed and other filmmakers might enjoy that the regular like audience is going to be like, I don't, this is fucking stupid. Um, it was super luscious to watch. Very, it and Elvis were just like toe to toe. And the thing that put it over the top is I got it. It was the orgy scene. The the orgies plural scene sometimes like the cocaine. That's what put it over the oh, top. Oh yeah, man. It was just it was so that and that was the thing. So Elvis was almost just like a bit more PG. And that just allowed Babylon to like slip forward. Like because I didn't give Damien uh Chazelle best director because I felt that So can you explain to me why a movie is best picture but not best director? Well I'm, I was about to do that actually. Um <laughs> Because there's, it's a bit, not just long, but like there's a bit of kind of dead weight in it that could be taken out that Elvis doesn't have. Elvis is a much leaner picture, but because Babylon's a little more, a little more gritty, that's what pushed it over the top with Elvis. I, I was fucking laughing out loud at stuff in the theater and like. Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Tobey Maguire, like all of these people did just such a fucking amazing... Margot Robbie, man. She's such a... Again, she didn't end up on my best actor list, female, uh, because it is more of an ensemble cast. And her role... I mean, I like, listen, Kate Blanchett's role was much stronger from a pure dramatic presence. But Margot Robbie, like... I'll watch fucking anything. Put her in anything and I'll fucking watch that movie. So if you haven't seen Babylon, again, it's long. I think it's three hours, 20 minutes or something like that. Um, go watch it. It's good. It's fucking beautiful to watch. Um, I know the critics have been going at it for being like not really having a point, but I was so entertained. Like just the just the fucking craziness of the 1920s goes into like the 1930s. I mean, it, it ends in the 50s. But the main part is kind of 20s to 30s, the introduction of like talkies and all that. Um, so lavish. You get to see Margot Robbie like puke on someone. You get to see an elephant shit on someone. Uh, lots of people die. Uh, Margot Robbie gets bit by a fucking snake. Like it's fucking crazy. And it's like, go, 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 go. Uh, it, that Babylon is on my list to watch. And I do think 
when it comes to um, non-nominee time for the Academy. I think any that is going to be nominated a lot, as well as the Fablemans. Like anything to do with the fucking love of movies is going to be nominated a lot. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Margot Robbie is. But now that now that uh, you said you would watch anything that she's in it next week, I would like an in-depth um, review on the two Suicide Squad movies and the Harley Quinn Fuck. Birds of Prey movies. Fuck. Um, you you know that's going to be a bonus episode of How'd You Like That Movie? All right, right I'll, fine, that's fine. I'll do it just because I put myself in that. Uh, you know, we don't put Austin Butler in the corner, but Chris put himself in a box. So, yes, I will watch those movies and I will give you a, uh, I will give you a, uh, I don't know, what do you want? Feedback or my fucking criticism? Sure. Fine. No, because I already know you're not going to fucking watch them. Oh, no, I'll do it. Like, Look, they're all I, shit. I, they're all shit. I am saying I will do this because I created this fucking shit storm for myself. So if I'm ever going to learn to make sure I check, remember everybody's filmography before I make fucking big old fucking statements it's like oh you get caught smoking you're gonna smoke that whole pack well i guess i'm gonna have to smoke that whole pack of margot rothman's margot rothman well the rothman's like the cigarettes jesus come on man get some fucking pop culture in you do you have anything else to say on this episode (laughs) Nah, i'll say uh just like every year you know go out support your theaters especially your local theaters keep these things going because part of the things that make these films so good is the experience you have going out to the theaters to watching them with a bunch of fucking strangers that you can just talk shit about after the movie's over. That's half the fun. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. I think that was a good show. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it. Should do one too that uh, for the films we did not enjoy or were disappointed on. I already talked about those. Those were all the ones you picked. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Cha Cha Real Smooth is in every one of my categories for that. So, (laughs) well, there you go. Except maybe best bar mitzvah of 2022. I don't know. There's plenty of bar mitzvahs. So many bar mitzvahs, so little time. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.